have a blessed time. Ah, oh, wow. That was an awesome worship set. That was that was awesome. Hopefully I can follow up with something even half that good. <laughs> uh, my name's Paul, Paul Jacobs. I'm a trustee here and uh, get the privilege of speaking to you all today. I'm excited about it. A little nervous, but I'm excited. Um, let's just uh, have a quick word of prayer. Oh, Father, Lord, I just thank you so much for this day and, and that we can come and just worship you and learn about you and Lord, I just pray you continue to take over this service, and Holy Spirit, just uh, come and be in control, take over, and and just uh, use this time for your glory. We just want to glorify you and all that we do here, and ask these things in Jesus' name. So I'm so I'm just so proud of this church. You know, uh, should have prayed for Tom. I've been praying for Tom. I know many of you have been, and in his uh, trial that he's going through, but. Um, you know, there's, for every trial, there's opportunities for growth. And uh, I feel like this body is is coming together um, in a lot of ways. And we're seeing uh, a lot of men rise up and speak and have opportunities to share their hearts and and uh, what the Lord's been laying on their, their hearts and lives. And, you know, we come here and uh, we're all so busy. And a lot of times I feel like, uh, you know, it's just the intimacy isn't really as good as, uh, as God wants it to be. So i I think this helps to get to know the body. I was talking to Chris and it's just neat to see here different men and, and different hearts and lives and, and share their hearts with us, uh, in the body and get to know the body a little bit better that way. I think it's a neat thing. You know, I've seen a lot of churches really have problems when, when there's the, the lead pastor, the senior pastor isn't there. And I've seen a lot of uh, churches that uh, really have problems. But it seems like, you know, we've got some strong, strong leaders. I'm really proud of our, our elders and, and just the good job that they've been doing in their, their wisdom and their counsel. And, you know, they're not perfect. None of us are. But in Christ, he, uh, he takes care of that and stuff. So. Um, my, my message is fearing and loving the Lord and how not to live in condemnation. Um, I want to start out by, uh, reading the, um, Deuteronomy six, four and six. This was what they called the Jewish people called the Shema and every good Jew woke up first thing in the morning and recited this. And then before they went to bed, this was on their lips as well. It says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord is our God. The Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your might. These words which I am commanding you today shall be on your, on your heart. And uh, as Ed talked about a couple weeks ago, that word Lord... The capitalized word Lord is Yahweh. And Yahweh is the first first name God ever used for himself. There's multiple God or names for God, Jehovah, Jehovah Jireh. But Yahweh was the first word. And Yahweh um, was such a holy word to the Jews that when they would write it, they would throw the pen away. 
when the scribes would write it down in, in the scriptures. But reread this with me. Hear, O Israel, Yahweh is our God. Yahweh is one. You shall love Yahweh, your God, with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. Kind of makes it a little more intimate, a little more personal. You know, it's kind of like uh, um, the Lord, like me saying the wife or the husband. You know, it, it, it kind of takes away that in the translation, Yahweh is one. Yahweh, your God. Um, I heard a teaching uh, years ago. And I'm not sure if this is, I've never really researched it to make sure it's 100% accurate, but I really, it really resonated within me. And um, there's a, there is a teaching, I've, I've heard this, again, it's, you can, it's debatable, but supposedly the ancient Jews had named our lungs two different names, Yah and Wei. And when you think about the verse in uh, Genesis 2, 7, and God breathed into the nostrils of Adam and gave him living life. And then you think about, uh, I don't know, sometimes when I lay, when I, after I heard that, I, I've laid in bed sometimes and just listened to myself breathe. And the words of the Lord shall continually be on my lips. It's powerful. It's an intimate, powerful relationship with the, with the Lord. And uh, again, I can't say 100%. I've never really researched it to know if that's 100% true. But when you're laying in bed some night, just listening to yourself breathe. See if you don't hear that word. Yahweh. It's awesome. Um. Deuteronomy um, um, 10.12. Again, it says, and now Israel, what does the Lord your God require from you? But to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways and love him, and to serve the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. And, and then Jesus reconfirms these, these uh, scriptures in three of the Gospels. He reconfirms this as the number one commandment in his word. Matthew 22, 36 to 38. Teacher, what is the great commandment in the law? And he said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and foremost commandment. And into Mark 12, 29 and 30. Jesus answered, the foremost is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. He has a strength in there. And then in uh, Luke 10, 27. And he answered, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. He adds that into it, which is in Leviticus. Um, So you get the feeling that uh, Jesus was asked this question a lot. What's the number one commandment? And all the time he comes back to love the Lord 
love him. You know, and I'm convinced that uh, that's the only way we can get through this world as Christians, as believers, as followers, is by having a strong love relationship with Almighty God through His Son, Jesus Christ. Fearing the Lord. That means a lot of things to people. But um, I'm going to give you uh, something in my life. When I was about 18, 19... Somewhere in there, I wasn't a Christian. I was living pretty reckless, pretty wild, and uh, I was living with a gal. And I had known her since I was 16. It was a long-distance relationship. And then uh, we ended up living together. Um, And um, I'd always thought, this is the one. And in in my mind, the perfect... Uh, way to have happiness and fulfillment and fulfillment was to meet the right lady and 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 have that special relationship and she was going to make me complete right and that was the end all of uh, two all in my mind uh, you know 16 17 18 <laughs> that's what i thought it was a you know a, finding the right lady so i really felt like this gal was she was it for me and uh then, you know, we had this long-distance thing going on. Very seldom did we ever get to see each other. But uh, finally she comes, and then immediately uh, she moves in with me. And I think it lasts two weeks. And uh, it was like one night when I was laying in bed, we just had this huge fight. And I just knew, I was like, good night. This is not even what it was supposed to be. You know, this ain't right. This ain't working out. And so we had this huge fight, and I'm laying in bed, and I'm like, just, I've never done this before, and thank God I've never done it since. But I'm laying there, and I'm thinking, I'm done. Uh, This is it. I'm just, all my hopes were crushed. And uh, there was a whole lot of things going on. The Lord was trying to get my attention, obviously. But I'm laying there, and I just remember saying, God, just let me die. Just kill me. Let me, and I was serious, you know, but looking back, it was stupid, but I was that, I was that distraught, you know, and, uh, I wasn't really that emotional normally growing up. I was not that way, but I just was so upset that I knew this wasn't working out and it wasn't going to, she was gone. And, uh, anyways, uh, I start praying that way and, uh, and my chest just starts lifting up. And I mean, I thought movie alien any guys ever seen that old movie <laughs> something's gonna come ripping out you know it literally it was that much pressure now i know some of you used to look at this and say it looks like something might be coming out and that's my belly that's the belly of the chest okay it was the chest so anyways i'm laying there and it was just and i literally thought i was gonna die i was like ooh, maybe i don't want to die you know and uh and god in his grace <laughs> I never ever heard him talk to me. I grew up in a church. It was a lukewarm church at best, in a very much a country club type atmosphere church at, at the worst. But I uh, really just went through the motions. But I did have somewhat of a head knowledge of, of God, so I did believe in God. Um, but God, in His grace and mercy, when I laid there after it finally subsided, I heard Him put into my heart in the most vivid way he said paul if you were to die 
right now, you would not make heaven. <laughs> the fear of the Lord hit me. <laughs> the fear of the Lord hit me. Uh, Jesus says, it makes me think of Matthew ten twenty eight. And do not fear those who kill the body, but are unable to kill the soul. But rather, fear him who is able to destroy both soul and body in hell. Tough words. Uh, but, you know, we, we, uh, we can, and I know I've been guilty of this, we can be kind of casual with our relationship with the Lord. We can't take him for granted. And not have that real strong reverence. Yahweh. That should always be there in a reverent way. Um, And I want to share to you uh, some scripture that has uh, been with me for 33 years. Right after I became a Christian, I started memorizing this through a teaching I went to. And it's Romans 6. I'm just going to go through the first six verses, but... uh, these verses, this scripture has meant the world to me uh, in my walk with the Lord. And I've kind of made it more personalized for myself. Um, and it's, what shall I say then? I'm wait for, oh, you got it up there. Okay. <laughs> what shall I say then? Am I to continue in sin that grace might increase? May it never be. God forbid. Some translations use God forbid. Very dogmatic about that. For how shall I who have died to sin still continue therein? Or do I not know that when I was baptized into Christ Jesus, I was baptized into his death? Therefore, I have been buried with him through baptism into death. In order that as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, So I too might walk in newness of life. For if I have become united with him in the likeness of his death, certainly I shall also be in the likeness of his resurrection. Knowing this, that my old self was crucified with him, that my body of sin might be done away with, that I should no longer be a slave to sin. That has um, spoken to me for years, and it's it's powerful. When you really look at that and meditate on it and um, understand what it's saying, it's it's deep, it's rich, and I have yet to tap all the resources out of it, but it will really um, keep your heart in check. Verse 2, died to sin. We are flawless in God's eyes if we're walking with him. We have died to sin. Um, what time we got here? I want to play this song. Oh, we got some time. Uh, let's play this song. You guys got to watch this. It's pretty powerful. <clears throat> Isn't that awesome? I saw that and I was like, oh my goodness, I got I to gotta show that. It goes right along with this message kind of. And then there's three of those versions, and that was the first one I saw, and then I couldn't find it again. I saw the other two. I'm like, those aren't the ones, and then finally found it. <laughs> um, what verses do you think of in the Word when you see that, when you hear that? 
Anybody, anybody got one that comes to mind? John 3.16. Amen. For God so loved the world that he sent his only son. Whosoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Anyone else think of one? That's, that sounds like one of the Roman road verses there. I got a Romans 1, Romans 8, 1. <clears throat> Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? Uh-huh. Wow. You know, do we believe that? Hmm. What's, what's the word he said? What was the song in the song he can it simply be the amazing grace simply be enough that we can believe that and receive that? I think for so many of us, it's so hard to, uh, to live in that. We, uh, we get critical of ourselves and uh, live in condemnation. Um, and we, we, we don't need to be. We have that freedom. That Christ gives us if we really believe it and receive it and trust him. Um, 1 Peter 2.24 and 25. And he himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sin and live to righteousness for by his wounds you are healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. Whew, powerful stuff. First John 4.10. <clears throat> and this is love, not that we love God, but that he loved us and he sent his son to be the propitiation for our sins. First John 4.18 and 19. There is not, there is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out fear, because fear involves punishment, and the one who fears is not perfected in love. We love because he first loved us. And so, you know, when it comes to sin, um, I feel like there's, there's different types of sin that we struggle with. Um, they're the sins of uh, ignorance that we, we commit, um, especially when we're new in the Lord and we don't know the difference. Uh, you know, but as we grow closer to the Lord, he shows us those things in our lives that don't honor and glorify him, that keep us separated from him, um, that make it hard to have that intimate relationship. Uh, you know, some of the things um, that you did before you became a Christian might still entangle you and stay with you. And, uh, you know, you got to work through those things. Um, I know when I became a Christian, though, there were some things that I was very much in the habit of doing, like using his name in vain. As soon as I was a Christian, I could not do that anymore. I was like, you go to say something like that. Oh, no. Um so some some things are absolutely obvious, and uh, as soon as we come to know the Lord, uh, you don't have to learn about it. 
But then there's the sins that are willful sins that uh, we commit. You know, might think, uh, well, I just I have to do this. There's no other way. I've got to. I've got to lie. I've got to cheat. I've got to do this. Um, you know, and and then there's the sins where you think, uh, oh, you know, I'm not going to. Uh, deny myself this pleasure this fun you know come on lord are you a killjoy when when nothing could be further from the truth uh and that's just a lie from the enemy when we when we believe in that there's you know and the bible does say that there is a temporary uh joy uh, in sinning but eventually it, it just destroys us even more and um uh, and drags us down, <clears throat> um, and then and then there are sins that we're all we all have we're all susceptible to certain certain tendencies. We have in parts in our nature that uh, uh, you know we're sinful beings. We're born that way, and uh, we have we have bents towards certain things. And unfortunately, uh, when you become a Christian, a lot of times. You're, you have victory over those things. Uh, you know, you got a fresh new relationship with Almighty God. And then as you're, you become more relaxed in your relationship with the Lord and the love starts to wane and that uh, intimacy that you had with the Lord when you first came to him starts to um, become less and less. Then sometimes those old habit, habitual sins that you you uh, had be, before you knew the Lord, they can creep back into your life. Um, these are things we have to guard against uh, to be victorious over condemnation. Um, you know, when I um, before I was a Christian, I used to uh, I hate to admit it, but I used to smoke a lot of pot. <laughs> I was bad at it. I really was hooked on the stuff. And uh, when I became a Christian, no more of that. Uh, I knew it was wrong, absolutely convinced of it. And, uh, Lord, I, I told him I'd never do it again. And then uh, I go back to uh, um, a friend's place in another state where I grew up. And... Uh, he, uh, you know, persuades me to uh, go in and smoke some pot with him. And so I'm in this kitchen at this house I've never been at before with this friend of his, and we smoked this pot. And uh, it's like, ugh. as soon as I got high, I became very convicted. And so I walked out of that kitchen where they were at, and I went into their living room and sat on a couch, and I just started praying. I said, Lord... What am I doing? I don't want to feel like this anymore. I, I walked away from this, and he just came down on me, and poof, I was immediately straight, just like that, no more high. And he just filled me with so much love, and so much peace, and so much joy. And I was—I just remember thinking, man, I don't need weed to feel good. This is the best high I could ever have. There's nothing greater than this. This is the best drug in the world. Get high on Jesus, right? <laughs> so he just showed me, uh, you know, he uh, has such mercy for us. Now, 
If I was to go and screw up and stumble like that today, when I know a whole lot more, a lot better, I doubt he would he would meet me that same way. He has a lot more mercy on us when we're baby Christians like that. When we become older and more mature in the Lord, I don't feel like, you know, he would have as much patience with me. He'd probably give me a little swat on the butt and something would happen, you know, as I would deserve it because I'm, I'm mature than that. You know, I put away those childish things, hopefully. Uh, at least that aspect. <laughs> I don't have any desire to smoke pot. Plenty of them around here to get it, though, I'll tell you. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, but not tempting. Thank you, Lord. I'm, I'm over. Delivered from that. Um, <clears throat> but I am convinced that the only way to overcome any, any of these sins is by having a close, intimate love of Jesus. You cannot continue walking in sin when Jesus Christ is first and foremost in your life. If you are in Christ, the fear, the guilt, the hate, the bitterness, the resentment, the unforgiveness, the envy, every other ungodly feeling or thought that drags us down, they, they can't be a part of your being when you're in Christ. If you are in Christ, you've been set free. And who is the one who condemns us? Romans eight thirty three thirty five. 35. Who will bring a charge against God's elect? God is the one who justifies. Who is the one who condemns? Christ Jesus is he who died, yes, rather, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who also intercedes for us. <coughs> wow. Thank you, Lord. He's interceding for us. For me, for you. Amazing. So what can separate us from the love of the Lord? Normally it's ourselves, it's our sin. (laughs) That's what separates us. If we do, like 1 John 9 says, if we confess our sins to Him, He is faithful and just to forgive us all unrighteousness. Do we believe that? Do we trust that? Do we walk in that? Are we convinced of that? Hmm. It's our choice. We can continue to walk in sin or we can continue to, uh, or we can, we can choose to, to follow Christ and live in his love. And let the freedom that Christ gives us, the joy of the Lord, be our strength. And there is no greater joy than to be set free from the bondage of sin. So let's walk in it, let's rejoice in it, and let's praise God in it.